Hey, well, welcome, guys, to the January uh, Youth Pastors Roundtable Call. We are so excited that you have joined us. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today and uh, a lot to go over. I hope that you uh, have pulled out your moleskin, your computer, whatever it is you're taking notes with, uh, hopefully some coffee, something like that to get you going. I know a lot of people are doing Daniel Fast right now, so maybe you're doing some black coffee. But um, hopefully you are ready to go. Hopefully uh, last night, if you are a Wednesday night guy, uh, went well for you. And uh, I am so honored to uh, host this call and uh, have the opportunity to hang out with each one of you guys. Uh, we've got a lot of announcements, and like I've said in the emails that we sent out to you, we have some incredible offers for you guys today that I want to make sure to get to you guys because we want to help resource you, not just you personally or your ministry, but we also have something for your marriage as well today. Um, but I want to let you guys know that uh, for v VSL, Victory School of Leadership, our travel dates for the semester are booked up within Oklahoma. We have uh, filled those up, and so we're excited to hang out with all of you guys that will be traveling to uh, this semester and uh, so thank you guys for um, inviting us out to come hang out with you guys. And uh, also, we do have some availability uh, for outside of Oklahoma. So if you are outside of Oklahoma and would love uh, for us to come, uh, our, uh, we will cover the cost for that. And so if you are interested, uh, we will come out and um, spend some time with you. Um, but please just let us know, and we, we'd love to do that for you guys. Um, also, we do have a preview day coming up on March 1st. That's a Wednesday night, March 1st. If you have uh, juniors or seniors or maybe a, uh, someone who just recently graduated high school, we'd love to talk to them about the program and what uh, their future might look like if they were to come and, and spend a couple months with us and, um, and be, be there. So... Uh, that's March 1st, and uh, they can sign up by texting uh, PREVIEW to 51555. So that's PREVIEW to 51555, and uh, they can come and join us and be with us for a little while. Um, also, uh, you, our next call will be February 23rd, which will be the um, end of the, um, the month. And um, would love for you guys to join us for that. But uh, I want to get to uh, some of our incredible offers and uh, let you guys know about that. The first one is Church Hustle. Uh, last time we were on the, the call, we talked about Church Hustle Offer. This is a ministry resourcing website that has all kinds of resources, sermons and graphics and all kinds of videos and things like that that you can get. They are offering the Youth Pastors Roundtable 50% off of all their resources is uh, normally $50 a month, but uh, for Youth Pastors Roundtable members, you will get $25. If you enter the, the code YPRT, if you enter the uh, code YPRT to their website, you'll get 50% off and have the opportunity to get that for $25. It's a great deal. I highly recommend you guys take a look at that resourcing site. It is just awesome, top-notch stuff. So, But I also want to get to another offer that we've got for you guys, um, and that is the Synergy Conference coming up and that uh, man it is a great conference here in Oklahoma that you guys can be a part of and uh, we've got Doug Everard on the call with us to talk to us about that but Doug uh, if you guys weren't on the call uh, was with us in November he was our speaker and uh, he uh, is has been the number one downloaded podcast episode with over a hundred downloads uh, and so his topic was dealing with hurts uh, disappointments and grief and I'm telling you guys it is good it is good good stuff and so I highly recommend that you guys go if you have not already downloaded that and listened to it I would highly recommend that you guys do that um, so uh, Doug why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about uh, that conference with us and the, and the discount yeah Ryan thanks a lot man hey I, I do have one question for you like can I get some revenue off of those downloads or anything 
Yeah, for sure, man. The check is in the mail. <laughs> man, that was a great time. I, I still uh, I enjoyed that day. I, I love these. Uh, I really appreciate what you're doing, Ryan, and uh, to everybody out there. I think it's cool. We were listening to a podcast on the way home last night from uh, Woodward, Oklahoma, and uh, it's just it's great opportunity to learn. Um, well, guys, I'll jump right into this because I don't want to take any more time with Todd. Hey, Todd, love you, buddy. Is Todd there? He's not he there. Marty, Marty, I love you too, man. They can't hear me, right? They're muted. Well, they can hear you. They're just all muted. Sorry. Okay. Hey, That's all right. Douglas, um, so, guys, there is a promo code for Synergy, uh, this Youth Workers Conference, Youth uh, Leaders Conference coming up February 24th, 25th. I think Ryan has all the information, but I'll just say it again. Uh, the promo code is all caps. It's YP Roundtable, and that gets you $20 off of the conference. So it, an individual would be $49, and if you bring a group of five or more, it's $29 apiece. Now, that doesn't apply to the student rate. If you have a student leader, it's still just $10 for them. But the whole idea behind this conference, it's very much a grassroots conference here in Oklahoma. Last year, we had almost 400. We're shooting for 600 this year. The idea is, is you as a youth pastor, volunteer, part-time, full-time is to help build your leadership team and this is a practical and easy inexpensive way to do that uh, there is sessions for those that are volunteers and just part-timers as well as full-time guys uh, obviously Todd's going to be there we'll have some other great leaders if you haven't already looked at it on the website it's oklahomayouthministries.com um, the idea is to make you a hero uh, with your team. You walk away by the end of the weekend. They've just had a cram full of sessions and ideas. And what's cool, and I'll just say this, Ryan, I'll turn it back over to you. What is cool about this, guys, is it's not a national conference in that, you know, you kind of pull back, you get this big lens and some great ideas. But what's nice about this is it's very practical because your volunteer leaders will go to sessions of other youth pastors around the state and they'll learn some things and even bring them back to you. And that's really cool because you get them thinking, you get them excited. Um, it's just a win-win. And so if you haven't ever taken advantage of it, I would encourage you to. If you have more questions on that, my cell phone's 580-761-1843. Um, if I can help you guys in any way along those lines, please let me know. And, Ryan, this is good through Sunday. Okay, so this Sunday... Uh, Monday morning is no longer good, so if you guys want to utilize this, um, then uh, you got a few more days here through the weekend. Uh, Cody Phillips is at the office. Most of you know him, and he'll help you um, get this taken care of. All right, guys, hey, thanks a lot. Ryan, thanks again. I really appreciate you uh, letting us uh, share this with everybody. Yeah, Doug, thank you so much. Just to clarify for the podcast listeners, that's going to be uh, January 29th. The discount will end. So that's January 29th. The discount will end. Uh, and so go ahead and check out that website. Um, and so, uh, Doug, we're just so thankful for you to uh, take some time. I know you're busy with all the Speed of Light tours and things like that. So thank you for spending some time with us. So, um, guys, we've got another offer for you guys. And this one is for you and your, uh, your wife or your husband. Uh, this is a marriage conference coming up uh, right here in Oklahoma. And I, I, I want to give some, uh, some time to uh, the director of the conference, Melissa Zimmerman. So, Melissa, why don't you go ahead and talk to us about uh, the conference and, and the discount that you're offering our listeners. Hey, everybody. Um, thanks, Ryan, for letting me be a part of your group here and your call today. Um, my husband and I are the co-founders of Bridge Builder Marriage Ministry, and, and our heart is just to see marriages uh, be uh, everything that God has called them to be. And so to that end, we are hosting the Grow in Love Marriage Conference this uh, on Saturday, February the 11th, um, and it will be here in Oklahoma City at the Best Western Saddleback. It's down at I-40 in Meridian. And um, it's a great conference. We're doing a teaching session in the morning, a teaching session in the evening, or in the afternoon. And in the evening, uh, we're hosting a semi-formal gala and dance and dinner. And so we would love for you guys to invest in your marriage and invest in your, in your wife. And it's a great opportunity to kind of celebrate Valentine's Day a little bit early. And uh, our heart is really to help pastors. My son's a pastor. I'm a pastor. Um, so we, we're, in ministry, we're all in ministry together. And so um, our heart, we know how hard it is and how much of a toll that takes on, on pastors and their marriages. And so um, we want to offer our conference to anybody who would like to come for $50 um, 
for the whole day. It covers all of your events for the day. Um, also, we're going to even kind of try to sweeten the deal a little bit. If you, if you bring three couples with you, um, we're going to give you a free coaching session. My husband and I do marriage and relationship coaching all the time. Uh, we've worked with several pastors in the past, and so we love to do that. So we want to give you a free coaching session if you bring three couples. And if you bring five couples with you, uh, we'll put you and your wife uh, uh, up for the night in the hotel there. Uh, so you can make a weekend out of it. You can have a Friday night stay or a Saturday night stay, whichever works for you. Um, we just have to know that the, which couples are coming with you. So, um, you know, we'd love to invite you to join us and, and make a weekend out of it. Um, if you have any questions, you can give me a call at uh, 405-740-3704. Uh, if you want to go ahead and purchase tickets, you can register at our website at bridgebuildermm.org. That's bridgebuilder, all one word, mm, like marriage ministry.org. And so we'd love to have you join us. Yeah, and also we will have uh, on our website, yproundtable.com, we will have all of the information about each one of these discounts as well as promo material for the marriage conference and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, go ahead and visit that. Uh, hold on, guys. I'm going to switch over to uh, lecture mode real quick to silence some of these. All right, there we go. Now that's uh, going to clean up the call a little bit for us. So, hey, thank you, Doug. Thank you, uh, Melissa, for jumping on the call with us. Uh, we want to get into um, the call today uh, and and get this going. And so uh, normally I introduce our speaker, but I thought it would be fun to have somebody else introduce our speaker today. So uh, a special guest appearance from one of our previous callers uh, of the roundtable as well as going to do the introductions for us today. So uh, why don't you go ahead and inter introduce uh, Todd for us. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. This is Mike Miller calling in from Canada, and I got the privilege today of introducing not only a next-level uh, leader, but also a great friend. Uh, you're about to hear today on this call, I think, um, I know one of the uh, most emerging voices that will lead spiritually over the next uh, coming decades. Todd and Nicole come from Bay Ridge in Brooklyn, uh, the strong side of Brooklyn. They have two kids, Kanan and Zoe, which are dynamic and fun. Todd was leading the largest young adult ministry in New York City um, and a capable leader under Pastor Jim Cimbala and his team. He is now traveling full-time and searching for the next steps for him and his family. I'll say this about Todd. Todd is uh, an avid learner of leadership and people, and he asks questions like no one I've ever met, and he is a believer in people and in leadership. He, repro he reproduces himself and everything he does, raises up um, extremely capable and breathtaking leaders everywhere he goes. He is a wealth of information, uh, both of basketball, it's bred into him, and of church culture and of discipleship. He is a great husband and father and friend, and you would be wise to take notes, get his number, and increase your uh, proximity to this man. He's a great friend, and I'm proud to have a chance to introduce him today, Todd the Legend Cruz. <laughs> good, to, good to talk with all of you. Thanks, Mike. That was a, uh, a pleasant surprise, and uh, I'm impressed with myself after that intro. But uh, half of it was probably true. I love Mike. He's a legend, the Canadian sensation. He's got more influence in America than most Americans. And uh, he's a great friend of mine. And uh, thanks, Ryan, for uh, the talk. And this is going to be great, guys. I appreciate you taking the time. I know everybody has busy lives. And uh, I promise it's going to be worth it. And uh, I'm going to give you guys some stuff that will be worth uh, writing down. And even if you already know some of this stuff, hopefully – a little bit of it will be a framework for you to help those that you guys lead. And uh, I promise you I probably made more mistakes than everybody on this call combined. So I'm definitely not speaking from expertise, but uh, more so just from my experience. So, hey, I'm pumped you guys are uh, with me. I can't really hear you guys, so I feel like I'm talking to a wall, but I think it's going to be good. And uh, I was praying for you this morning, and uh, let's jump right into this thing. Uh, the topic today is the power of spiritual covering, and I told Ryan I wanted to go with this topic, although it is maybe uh, a little bit of a boring topic, uh, maybe not as exciting as uh, how to lead a thriving ministry or a thriving 
life, but uh, I can assure you that uh, it's probably not possible to have a thriving ministry or a thriving life without the right covering. So really the premise of this whole podcast and this chat with you guys is you can't be in authority unless you know how to be under authority. And I've had the habit of asking some great leaders the exact same question uh, when I get the chance to be around them, and I've been privileged to get around some pretty cool people that have done some great things for God, and uh, different people like Kristen Kane or uh, Louis Giglio, Mark Batterson, uh, Francis Chan, and uh, I've asked them as well as others this exact same question. Um, and the question is this. Uh, sometimes when I get around them, I'll, I'll ask them, hey, what is your greatest concern for our generation? What is your greatest concern for our generation? And it has been amazing to me that throughout the years, so many of these legendary leaders have said the same thing when I asked them about their greatest concern for our generation. And many of them have looked back at me and said, your generation doesn't understand spiritual authority. And uh, it got me thinking uh, about this podcast and about all of us and my own uh, experience and my own mistakes. And what I want to do is, before I just give you a few practical things, and then we'll just chat and do a little Q&A, um, I want you to take a moment right now. Maybe you're in your car. Maybe you're trying to do three things at once. Maybe in your office. Maybe you're in the bathroom. I don't know what you're doing. But um, I want you to take a moment and take a close look at those above you and those around you in your life, in your leadership, in the season that you find yourself in, take a close look at those above you and those around you because I really believe that the counsel that you surround yourself with determines your destiny. I really believe that. Think about for a minute uh, the political landscape of America. Um, I don't know, as ironic and as humorous and as scary as it is, I don't know if you voted for Trump. I don't know if you voted for Hillary. I don't know if you didn't like either candidate and you fled the country and you're calling in from Canada like Mike. Um, but li listen to what Proverbs 11:14 says, okay? And think about our, our political state. It says, because of the lack of guidance, our nation falls. That's Proverbs 11:14. Because of a lack of guidance, a nation falls. Notice that it doesn't say because of a lack of leadership. It says because of a lack of guidance. So um, it's funny. In this season, I'm not just praying for our president. I'm praying for those that are advising the president because I really believe it's not just those that are above you. It's those that are around you that determine where you're going in life. I mean, think about this. This is pretty crazy. Solomon in the Bible, the wisest man who ever lived, he wrote more about seeking counsel than any other biblical writer. The man who seemed to need it the least was actually the most convinced of its necessity. That's, that's pretty wild. And um, I don't know what church you're at um, or how long you've been there, and I don't know if it's going good. I don't know if it's going bad. I don't know if it's somewhere in between. Um, but what I've noticed in my own life, sometimes uh, we find ourselves wanting spiritual covering, but the very people that we should be getting it from are not giving it to us. Um, and I know that it's ideal for our senior pastor to be covering us, and sometimes this happens and sometimes this doesn't, but I want to encourage you, um, especially if you're in a rough spot, there's probably no greater relationship in your life than the leadership that is over you. So you have to guard that, you have to protect that, you have to pray for that, and you have to fight really hard to keep your heart healthy. Because what I've noticed in my experience and some of my struggles is if you are under a uh, uh, a leader and there's difficulty there, sometimes what will happen is on your end there'll be frustration and then there'll be resentment and then there'll be disconnection in that order. Frustration, resentment, disconnection. And that's our responsibility to ensure that that doesn't happen. And if you are underneath a leader um, that maybe has his own struggles or maybe you're even underneath a bad leader, I do have encouragement for you. Number one, God trusts you. Number two, uh, God wants to develop your character. And number three, God wants to show you some things not to do. So if you're under a bad leader, don't worry. David was under a bad leader, and he still thrived, operated in his gifts, and did exactly what it is that God called him to do. So you're in the right place, and uh, God's going to help you there. But uh, what I want to encourage you with today, and this is where you can just maybe jot these things down, 
and we'll go, th- go through these. I'm not going to talk super long, but I, I pray this is going to be helpful for you. I want to give you three reasons why we need spiritual covering, okay? Three reasons why we need spiritual covering. And I, I want you to write these down in the first person um, because sometimes we don't believe what other people tell us, but we always believe what we tell ourselves, okay? So here's the three reasons why we need spiritual covering. Number one, I need counsel. Number two, I need correcting. And number three, I need coaching. Okay, those are the three reasons why we need spiritual covering. I need counsel, I need correcting, and I need coaching. Let's, let's start with the first one here. Let's jump into this. I need counsel. I really believe that the most um, underrated and probably underpreached quality in leadership is the quality of wisdom. And uh, God says that he'll grant it, but we have the responsibility to get it. And anybody that's read their Bible, particularly Proverbs, knows that God has a lot to say about wisdom. The Bible says that it will protect you, that it will exalt you, that it will honor you, that it will reward you, and that it will even save you from evil people. This is the benefit of wisdom. And I don't know about you, there's a lot of different situations in my life, in my season right now, that I need wisdom about. And I would assume that you're probably in the same spot. Maybe you need uh, wisdom on how to handle one of your kids. Maybe wisdom about uh, fixing something in your marriage. Maybe wisdom on how to handle your relationship uh, with your pastor. Uh, Maybe wisdom regarding a decision about the future or or wisdom about what's next for the ministry. Um, But let me encourage you with this. The Bible says victory depends on having many advisors. It's it's impossible for us to get victory in our personal life, uh, our parental life, our marital life, our ministry life without getting the right advisors around us. And uh, the Bible is very clear. There's only three ways to get wisdom, through prayer, through people, and through past experience. Okay? Um, prayer. The Bible says in James, if you lack wisdom, you just have to ask God for it. Number two, people. The Bible says, uh, he who walks with the wise grows wise. So it's important for us to get around the right people. And three, past experience. We all know that God uses our past experience to prepare us for what it is that he's called us to. And this is critical for us to understand the value of getting counsel from the right people. And uh, just take, for example, you probably know this better than I, but in Acts Acts chapter 15, we see an example of this. Um, The elders are meeting, and they're deciding who to send to Antioch. And they make a decision to send Judas and Silas. And this is what it says in Acts 15. It says this, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Okay? What that teaches us, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to us regarding this decision that they were making. So whenever you're making a decision, it's not just God, but it's the people God has placed over you that agree with you. And what I've learned is whenever I'm making a major decision or I'm helping somebody else make a major decision, it typically happens in only one of two ways. Number one, God will speak to you, and then the leaders in your life will confirm it, or the leaders in your life will speak something to you, and then God will confirm it. Um, This is how it happens. We probably all ran into this with teenagers that have sat in our office or friends of ours that said they wanted counsel, but then they started to have a conversation with us and we questioned whether or not they really want to counsel. And uh, I've realized that some people, uh, they act like they want advice, but they really just want somebody to agree with them. Uh, Have you ever met somebody before that was like, uh, you know, they were making a decision and they asked 27 different people their opinion and 26 of them said, don't do it. And then number 27 said, do it. And they're like, I knew God told me to do it. Um, and, And what I've realized is there's a big difference between getting permission and getting counsel. And uh, over the years, a lot of people have walked into my office, and uh, I I learn after about 15 minutes that they're actually not looking for counsel on what to do, but they're looking for permission about what they've already decided to do. And sometimes people will pull the ultimate spiritual trump card and say, God told me to do this. Um, And I always think that's funny when people say that because I'm like, well, if God told you, then why are you talking to me? Because if I disagree with you, then I'm disagreeing with God. And what it does is it pushes you into a corner that you can't get out of. And I think what we have to do is we have to trust that, yes, God speaks to us, but God also speaks to other people about us. Um, I have a friend of mine that uh, 
was working for 13 years at a very large, prominent church that if I said the name, most of you guys would probably know it. And at about year 13, he felt like God was leading him out of that church and to move on to something else. And he was a little bit nervous about having the conversation with his senior pastor, and other people were a bit apprehensive as well. But he ended up having a conversation, and it was a, a rough conversation and a rough journey, but eventually that senior pastor uh, released him and blessed him to go. But I'll never forget um, sitting down and talking to my friend that had left this church, and I said, you know, God told you to leave, but what if when you sit, sat down with your leader, what if he said, uh, God told me for you not to leave? What would you have done? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, I wouldn't have left. And I was surprised by that. I said, really? I mean, well, God told you to leave. So whether he says so or not, whether he agrees or not, shouldn't you leave? Because God told you to leave. And then what he said next to me was so revealing. He said, listen, he goes, God spoke to Pharaoh. Don't you think I can trust that God can also speak to my pastor? And uh, I thought that was so profound. And sometimes we, we forget that God can speak to the leaders over us. He can confirm things with the leader over us. And sometimes it happens in a different way in a different time than we expect. But we have to trust that God can do these things. And uh, I want to give you one more verse in relation to getting counsel uh, from leaders. In Hebrews 13, it says this. Listen to this. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. I want you to notice two words in that verse, the word confidence and the word submit. Now, I know that we're just doing a podcast. I haven't met some of you. I'd love to meet some of you. Hopefully, you guys are coming out to Synergy Conference. It's going to be great. But if I were able to sit down and have coffee with you at Starbucks and we were talking about some of this, uh, the first question I would ask you is, where is your confidence level in your leader? Because this is what I have noticed. Um, if you are struggling with your confidence in your leader, you're probably going to be struggling submitting to that leader. So I would ask you over a cup of coffee, I would say, why have you lost confidence in your leader? You need to be able to answer that question. And then I would encourage you and say, you need to do every single thing in your power to regain confidence in that leader. Because the more confidence you have, the more submission that you're going to have. Now let me also say this just to help clarify. There is a difference between submitting and obeying. Okay, listen to this. Obedience is doing something whether you like it or not. But submission is even deeper that deeper than that. Submission is doing something but doing it with the right attitude. Okay? So a lot of times uh, for an analogy, a spouse will submit, right? But children will obey. In marriage, you submit to one another, not just doing the right thing, but how many know with your wife or with your husband, you've got to do it with the right attitude. But children, because they're still young and they're still learning, they have to realize whether I like it or not, whether I agree with it or not, whether I understand it or not, I have to obey this thing. And what I've learned is the more that you submit, the easier it is to obey. Okay? And this has to do with coming underneath the leaders that God has placed over you, getting counsel from them. Okay? So number two. The first one was, I need counsel. The second one is, I need correcting. Hopefully this is good. Hopefully you guys are listening. I just have this visual image of you guys like playing board games in your office, but let's keep going. Okay, number two, I need correcting. I need correcting. Um, I want to tell you about uh, probably one of the most awkward moments I've ever had um, in ministry. It was years and years ago, but I was sitting down having a meeting with our executive pastor, and all of a sudden, our senior pastor walked in the door, and he rebuked the executive pastor for something right in front of me, and then he walked out of the door. And it was the most awkward thing in the world. I felt like, did they see me? Did they know I was in here? That was so weird. Why did that just happen in front of me? And I remember our senior pastor walked out of the door, and I looked at the executive pastor, seeing how he was going to respond. And I'll never forget what he said because it so surprised me. As soon as he got rebuked by our senior pastor and he walked out of the door, he looked at me and he said, wow, that felt good. <laughs> I literally laughed. I was like, felt good? What are you talking about? That felt horrible. And he said, no, 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 that felt good. And I said, w what do you mean? You got you to explain. And he said, he said to me, 
I don't get worried when he's correcting me. I get worried when he stops correcting me. And I said, wow. And then he went on to explain it to me. He said, listen, by him coming in here and correcting me, it tells me a few things, okay? And this is why it's good. He said, number one, he trusts me. He said, number two, it gives me an opportunity to respond well. Because when he sees me respond well to correction, our relationship goes to another level. It's just like it's a marriage. And then he said, number three, why it's good when he corrects me is it gives me a chance to grow. And I said, hey, bro, you're a better man than me, okay? I would have either been mad or sad, but I thought it was a a great lesson for me uh, because the Bible actually tells us to love correction, not just take correction, but to love correction. So I want to ask you guys a question. When was the last time you were corrected, and how did you respond to it, okay? Um, I'll never forget, I was sitting in a pastor's meeting uh, one time, uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and uh, Pastor Smith, let's call him, said something, and I kind of rolled my eyes and looked the other way when he said it because I, I disagreed with it, okay? And uh, I'll never forget what happened. After that meeting, another pastor that was sitting across from me, he pulled me aside and said, hey, I just want to let you know that when Pastor Smith was talking, you rolled your eyes and you looked the other way. And he said, you know, that's very disrespectful, and you've got to be careful of your body language in those type of meetings, or you won't be invited to those meetings anymore. And I'll be honest with you, it hurt at first, but I'll tell you what, I wasn't even aware that I had done it. When he told me, I was honestly surprised. I was completely blinded to my own body language, but I'll tell you what, I was grateful that he said it, and it never happened again. And uh, I can literally tell you different points in my life and my ministry journey throughout the years where uh, my overseer has corrected me. I remember one time my, my pastor telling me, listen, I know you have a vision for the ministry, but you need to get a vision for your wife and for your kids and for your family. I remember one time my pastor saying to me, listen, whenever you hear praise reports about your ministry from the staff, it strikes your ego, and you need to be careful of your ego. Um, I remember another time one of my overseers told me, listen, no amount of success makes you exempt from scrutiny. And I, I, just, I remember these moments because they were, they were uh, moments where my pride was attacked, where I wanted to defend myself. They were humbling moments, but they were growing moments because I think I've learned over the years not just to accept correction, but like the Bible says, to love correction because I see the product of what comes out of it. And I just want to encourage you guys, I don't know your setup or your structure, if you have leaders over you or how often you meet with them or what those conversations look like, but um, this is what I've also learned. Rather than wait to be corrected, sometimes it's good to ask to be corrected, okay? Um, Sometimes it's good for you to go to your leader, maybe it's in an email, maybe it's sitting down with them in a one-on-one meeting, and just sit down and just ask them honestly and say, hey, what can I be improving on? Is there anything that you've noticed in my life uh, that is questionable? You know, ask them these things. Because what that does when you do that is it shows that you have a teachable spirit. I don't know about you. I'm sure you guys have led a lot of people. You probably have a lot of volunteers. I will take somebody with a teachable spirit that has little gifting than somebody else that has a lot of gifting, but you can't tell them anything. Okay, so this is important. Not, you can ask your leader these questions. Another one is this. You could ask your friends. Sit down with some of your boys, some of your girlfriends. Sit down with them and say, hey, is there any blind spots that you see in my character? Um, what, what do you see? What do other people see that nobody else sees? Ask your friends that question. Okay? Um, not only that, you could ask your spouse this question. I do this sometimes. I'm at a restaurant on a date with my wife. I don't like to ask her this question that much because I never usually like the answer and I don't have the humility for it. But every once in a while I'll ask my wife, hey, babe, how am I doing as a husband? And I'll just let her respond. I don't defend myself. I don't explain myself. I don't ask the question in hopes that she'll ask me the same question. How am I doing as a wife? I just ask her the question. I'll tell you what, every single time I do that and give her the platform to speak into my life, I learn something and I can grow from it. And uh, here's a tough proverb. I used to tell my team this all the time. Proverbs 28, 23, it says, in the end, people appreciate honest criticism 
far more than flattery. Okay? But notice the part of the verse that says, in the end. It doesn't say in the moment. Okay? It says in the end. Sometimes we have to tell people hard things. Sometimes we have to hear hard things. But I am telling you, in the end, and it may be a month later or a year later or a decade later, but people will appreciate it. And I was just thinking about this. I mean, just ponder for a moment. All of the pastors, all of the parents, all of the leaders that are out there that are walking around with weaknesses that never got adjusted because they never got addressed, okay? I do not want to be one of those leaders, okay? I want to be a leader that not only knows how to correct others, but I want to know how to be corrected, okay? So let me give you number three. Once again, number one was I need counsel. Number two was I need correcting. And here's the last one, and then we'll just chat a little bit. I'll pray for you guys. The third one is this. I need coaching. I need coaching. Now, I know that I can't hear you guys, but how many of you have ever heard of the name Francis Chan? Okay. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you have ever heard of the name Tyrone McDonald? Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that all of you heard of the first name, and probably most of you have never heard of the second name. Now, both of those men have been mentors to me, but this is what I want to say, okay? Um, whenever you have a mentor or you're seeking a mentor or somebody to speak into your life, it's not about them being well-known. It's about them knowing you well. This is who you have to have around you, the people that love you the most and that know you the best and are willing to have honest conversations with you. This is how you get better. I often say ministry is just like sports. So like if you're playing basketball and you want to get better, how do you do that? You play with guys who are better. You will never excel in the sport if you're always playing with your peers. And we have to remember this, I think, when we're seeking out mentors and coaches for our life. I always, I always tell people, and I've told myself, there's two things that you're responsible for. Number one, you've got to pray for these people. And number two, you have to pursue these people. Okay? If you want good mentors in your life, you're going to have to do those two things. You're going to have to pray for them, and you're going to have to pursue them, okay? Um, the older generation is not going to come knocking on your door saying, hey, you know what, I saw something really special in you, and I just want to invest in you. Hey, can I take you out for coffee? That is probably not going to happen. Uh, I wish that it happened more, but usually it doesn't happen. I don't know if it's because of insecurity. I don't know if it's because of busyness. I don't know if it's because it was never modeled for them and they didn't have it, so they don't know how to give it. But it is our responsibility to pray for these people and pursue these people into our life. I want to give you another verse from Proverbs in chapter 20, verse 5. It says, though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. That is our responsibility, to draw it out. I want you to think about this for a moment because this is pretty wild how much we underestimate the power of wisdom and getting the right coaches in our life. Okay, think about this. If you're sitting down with somebody over coffee or over a meal, the right question with the right person, you might just learn in two minutes what it took them 20 years to learn. That is a powerful and a profound idea. And I think if we really believe that, we would be seeking coaching and covering in a whole new type of way. And I think that all good leaders ask good questions. And that is the key to this. You have to get around the right people, ask good questions, and sit back and just listen. Okay? The best leaders are the best listeners. In fact, I put together this little document. I'm going to get it to you guys and put it on the website. And Ryan's going to help me with it. But it's called Great Questions for Great Leaders. Okay? And whenever you get the chance to be around somebody that you respect or you admire or you want to learn from, some excellent questions in there that you can ask them, and it can draw out of them a wisdom and an understanding for you. Because it's amazing to think, I mean, just one conversation, I mean, just one, you could be one conversation away um, from changing the course of your entire life. I mean, that's a powerful thing. And I think we have to learn how to ask the right questions when we get around the right people. And uh, I was reading this in a, a book recently. Listen to what this says. I want to read it to you. It says, Ralph B. Smith 
once made an observation that children ask roughly 125 questions per day, and adults ask only about six questions. So somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we lose about 119 questions per day. And it says a child's innate curiosity about life is instilled at them at birth, but unfortunately we lose it the older we get. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that is always curious, that is always learning, that has a teachable spirit, that is always asking questions, because I believe that we can learn from anybody. In fact, T.D. Jakes once said that his mom told him, the world is a university and everybody is a teacher. Okay, I love that. Um, listen to this last verse I'll give you. Proverbs 22, verse 9. It says, observe people who are great at their work. Observe people who are great at their work. Okay? It's important for you to pick out people um, that are within your field, but maybe even people that are outside of your field, somebody that you feel like you can learn something from. I'll never forget a few years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to strike up a friendship with an older man that happened to be one of the top executives at the department store, Macy's. And he's been with them for 40 years, and he currently oversees 2,000 employees. And uh, I'll never forget, I, I was having lunch with him in his office right in the middle of Manhattan, his window overlooking the street where you see the Macy's Day Parade uh, on TV every year, and we're sitting there uh, eating lunch, and I asked him, I said, how in the world do you oversee 2,000 employees? How do you do that? And I'll never forget, he's sitting there eating his lunch, looked across the table at me, and he said, it's easy. He said, you just empower those that you trust, and then you trust those that you empower. And I'll never forget that. I mean, it was just an unbelievable learning moment for me. And uh, I think what we have to do as pastors, as leaders, whether you have a small ministry, a big, leader, a big ministry, whether you're new at this or you've been doing this a long time, we've got to find people to learn from. And we've got to learn how they think. We've got to learn what books they're reading. We've got to learn how they solve problems. Uh, we got to ask them, hey, what did you think was right, and then it ended up being wrong. You know, we have to learn from other people, what they do, what they don't do. Um, it's amazing. There's so many people out there. They might do less than you do, but they have higher impact than you. How is this possible? Find this out from them. Uh, uh, go to somebody that's doing exactly what you're doing, but they're 10 steps ahead of you. Um, uh, get around people. Get around environments that when you leave, you're completely disoriented. Uh, I always have a joke with one of my other pastor friends. We always say we love to get around people and places and other churches where we walk away saying, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> uh, I think it's just good just to be blown away sometimes. And uh, I, always, I always tell myself, um, even though sometimes it takes humility, I say, listen, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all, Okay. And uh, you've got to make sure that you've got pastors in your life. You've got to make sure you have mentors in your life. You've got to make sure you have coaches in your life. And this is the power of spiritual covering. Once again, number one, uh, we need counsel. Number two, we need correction. And number three, we need coaching. And uh, it is impossible for us to be in authority unless we know how to be under authority. And the last thing I want to say to you guys just to encourage you, because um, I think sometimes the idea of spiritual covering it gets a bad rap, and we kind of just see one side of the coin. But you need to understand this. Spiritual covering doesn't just protect you. It propels you into all that God has for you. Okay? Spiritual covering will not just protect you, but it will propel you into all that God has for you. Yes, it's going to protect you from some dumb decisions and from getting around the wrong people and walking down the right path, and it's, it's going to protect you from those things. But I promise you that if you have the right covering, the right people above you and the right people around you, it is going to propel you into opportunities that you can never get on your own. It's going to propel you into greater insight and greater anointing. And ultimately, it's going to propel you uh, into the purpose that God has for you. So I hope this encourages you, um, the power, the potential of spiritual covering. And uh, I just want to pray for you guys real quick, and then I'm going to toss it back over to Ryan. God, I thank you that before any of us were ever born, you knew that we would be on this call this morning. And God, I pray if there is just one thing that people take away and apply to their life, God, it's worth it. So Lord, I pray for the people above us. I pray for the people around us. And uh, God, I pray that you surround us with the right people and that you remove the wrong people from our life and from our leadership. 
I thank you for these pastors. God, I pray that they would just believe and realize that they're doing better than they think that they're doing, and that, God, you're doing more than we realize that you're doing always. So I thank you for Ryan, his incredible leadership. I thank you for all the great opportunities coming up with these conferences. And, God, I pray you bless us and be with us. And ultimately, you use these people to cover us, but, God, would you cover us in a way that only you can. So we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Todd, thank you so much, man. That was incredible. Um, just so so easy to, to take and, and, and uh, apply to our lives immediately. And so uh, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, giving up your time. Uh, we're going to switch over to our Q&A time. So if you have a question for Todd that you'd like to ask, go ahead and hit star six to jump in the queue, and we'll get to you guys in the order that uh, you guys uh, jump in. So if you have a question for Todd, go ahead and hit star six. That's star six on your phone there, and we'll get to the questions. So Todd, as we're um, waiting for some of these to come in, I just got uh, a question for you. Um, I mean, is there a quote or a Bible verse or something that you kind of live by that you that just kind of uh, drives your your life? Uh, yeah, I'm like a a quote hoarder, man. So uh, I probably got more than one. But if I if I had to say that there was one that constantly sticks out to me, um, it'd probably be a D.L. Moody quote where uh, where he says, uh, "The world has yet to see what God can do." with one man that is completely devoted to him. And uh, oftentimes I kind of quote that, uh, even in my, my devotion time or my prayer time, kind of before I start talking to God, I'll say that quote, and I'll say, uh, you know, the world is yet to see what God can do with one man who is fully devoted to him. And then I say, Lord, let me be that man. Um, and I, I just love that the key to that quote is devotion to the Lord. You know, it's not uh, talent, it's not skill, it's not personality, it's not giftedness, because I lack a lot of those things, but uh, I can be more devoted uh, than other people. And uh, it's just a powerful quote, and uh, it's a powerful quote from a powerful person. I mean, most people don't realize, but Moody, you know, in a lot of ways, he was borderline illiterate. You know, this is a guy that could not even read that well, and he literally shook nations and won millions of people to Christ. So, uh, yeah, I I love that quote. I've been meaning to, like, get it in a frame or something like that. So I haven't done it yet, but uh, I say it all the time. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned uh, reading books and uh, people reading books and, and uh, diving into them. So what is, what is one of the books that you would recommend? What are you reading? Um, what would you recommend for us? Yeah, um, and I'd love to maybe get you, Ryan, maybe like a top ten list, and we could throw it on the website for guys. But uh, Yeah, man, that would be, that'd be great. Yeah, two books I read uh, within the last uh, maybe couple months. One is one is spiritual, one is not so spiritual. Uh, the non-spiritual one uh, was Phil Jackson's autobiography. Uh, it's called Eleven Rings, and uh, you know, legendary coach of the Bulls, and uh, it's just a great, great book. Um, and you know, he's obviously the Zen master, but there's incredible principles in there about leadership and coaching and team, and so much of it's transferable. And uh, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize actually Phil Jackson grew up in a Pentecostal home. His mom and his dad were pastors. So he's quoting scriptures through the whole book, which is hilarious. And uh, some really cool stories about uh, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, the Lakers, like the whole deal. So that book's called Eleven Rings, and uh, I enjoyed that. And then uh, my spiritual book, uh, and probably the most timely book that I've I've ever read in my entire life, um, is a book called Anonymous. And uh, it's by Alicia... Britt Cole, and uh, it's about the hidden years of Jesus, and uh, man, that that book just rocked my world and really spoke to me, and uh, obviously scripturally, we only know so much about the first 30 years of Jesus' life, but uh, it'd be impossible for his three years of ministry life to exist without uh, what he was doing in those first 30, so uh, it it was really a a game-changing book for me, and it's kind of funny because, you know, we always say things like, I want to be like Jesus. And uh, when we say that, what we really mean is is the three years of his ministry life. You know, we want to walk on water, we want to preach, we want to heal people. But uh, most people are not talking about the first 30 years, which was 90% mm-hmm. of his life, where he was in complete obscurity, uh, unnoticed and uncelebrated. And uh, that's that's really what it is to be like Jesus, I think, for the majority of the seasons of our life. So uh, it's a great book. It's called Anonymous, and uh, the writer's brilliant, and uh, it's it's definitely worth picking up. That's incredible. Okay, so we're talking about um, 
spiritual authority and being undercover uh, and people allowing people to mold us and shape us. So who is who is someone that has really shaped you? I know you've mentioned a few people, um, but if you could kind of narrow it down to one or two that have really, really shaped your life and influenced you in a deep way, uh, who do you think that would be? Yeah, um, probably the person that's kind of shaped my my life more than anybody is a guy named uh, Pastor Tim Delina, which probably most people wouldn't know, but uh, I was doing ministry with him here in New York for about five years, and he's currently down in Louisiana uh, at a great church, and he's just been a spiritual father to me, really, and uh, our relationship has grown over the years, and uh, man, he, he, he's incredible. I mean, from talking about things uh, from preaching uh, to parenting uh, to marriage, to, you know, reading books like we're talking about. I mean, this guy has played every single role in my life. And, uh, man, I just I treasure that relationship. I, I really don't know where I'd be without him. It's it's really that that uh, powerful. So probably wow. him. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Um, what What is a mistake that you see that's often made uh, in ministry – uh, I know you mentioned, you know, not being undercovering um, spiritual authority, that th- type of thing. But what is another mistake that you see often made by even even veterans in ministry? Yeah, um, I think probably the most often mistake is putting more effort into our public life than our private life, and it maybe doesn't get talked about as much as it needs to because, you know, it's private. It's behind the scenes. It's it's kind of the, the unseen world of the leader. And uh, I think there needs to be more speaking on that because, really, any anything uh, that's blessed and of God that kind of flows out of our public life, it's going to come out of our private life. So uh, I think for leaders, including myself, you know, I've made the mistake so many times of just, you know, running, 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 grinding, 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 you know, and all of this stuff that people see uh, in public and kind of the outer appearance of things in ministry while my private interior life and devotion, you know, is lacking or not what it should be. And then before you know it, you're you're running on empty and, uh, you know, you kind of walk out the door in the morning and you, you kind of feel spiritually naked, if you will. And then... Uh, you're kind of doing in your own strength. So, uh, you know, I, I think probably the greatest mistake is is self-sufficiency. You know, I think uh, uh, we don't realize, you know, even Jesus himself said, apart from, he's saying to God, you know, apart from you, I can do nothing. So, I mean, if Jesus is saying that, I mean, how much more true is it, is it for us? And I think that's the, that's the mistake uh, that a lot of us fall into and the trap that we fall into is we, we think that we have something to offer. But uh, the Bible says, what can you give unless you first receive it from heaven? So um, I think I'm constantly trying to remind myself uh, that I am nothing, that I have nothing, and I can do nothing uh, apart from the help of God. So I don't want to be one of those guys that relies upon my skill or relies upon, you know, past experience and, you know, different things that we use as a crutch sometimes. Because as soon as we do that and we're like, oh, I got this, you know, then God, I think, kind of looks down at us like, oh, you got this? Okay, (laughs) go ahead without me. So I think uh, I think in my own life, one of the most common mistakes is, is just self-sufficiency and just kind of doing something out of routine or doing something out of my own natural strength rather than realizing this is a, a supernatural faith that we're preaching and a supernatural daily walk that we have. So it, it just really doesn't work uh, without the supernatural. So I, I think that's a common mistake I see in a lot of guys and, and in my own life as well. Well, that, that's great. So... Uh, let's go ahead and jump over. Uh, I believe it's uh, Marty got got a question for you. Awesome. Hey, Todd, can you hear me? Yeah, totally. Hey, Marty. Man, good to hear your voice, buddy. Quick question, and uh, I would love to be like a child and ask 125, but I, I really have one, man. It's just uh, it started jumping at me when you first started talking about it. But um, in an attempt to become more proactive than than reactive, um, I guess what what are some questions? we should be asking those in spiritual authority over us, uh, you know, to be more proactive and, and maybe it's heart issues, character issues, uh, questions about work ethic. What, what are some questions we can be asking 
so that mm-hmm. we're not we're not called on the carpet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I could I could probably give you a few specific questions, but maybe even before that, I would say I don't think it's a matter of framing the perfectly uh, the perfect statement or perfect question. I think it's more of the the spirit behind the question and and your relationship to your leaders and basically demonstrating and displaying to them, I am open to teaching. I am open to correction. I'll give you an example. Like I'm about to preach um, next week at a place that I've never preached before. And I have a meeting today with uh, one of the pastors uh, that basically invited me to do this. I have a meeting with him today to kind of go over next week's meeting. And he's probably going to tell me, I don't know, maybe a topic and my time limit and, you know, all the typical things. But sure. at, the, at the end of that meeting, I, I'm going to say, hey, listen, uh, I'm honored to speak. I'm honored to preach. I'm looking forward to it. I'm pumped. Uh, but I have one request of you. And, uh, you know, and when he says, well, what's that? I'm going to say, when I'm done preaching, we're going to sit down and have a conversation, and you're going to tell me, you know, a thing or two that I could do to improve. Um, and I want him to have that platform. I'm not doing that. I'm not fishing for compliments. You know, uh, I'm not saying, hey, tell me three good things and one bad thing. Like, if he wants to tell me three good things, great. But uh, my main objective is I want to serve them well. I'm going to preach for them more in the future. I know that already. And I want to do to the best of my ability. You know, I want to, I want to please God, but I also want to please that house and that leadership and what they feel God has called them to do. So I want to demonstrate to him, uh, listen, help, help, help me in this, okay? Coach me in this. I can take criticism. You don't have to walk on eggshells with me. I want to be corrected. I want to be told uh, what to do. So I think, I, think it's, I think it's the more stuff like that that you can do, the better relationship you have with leaders um, that are over you. Um, and then I think as far as, like, specific questions, it, it all depends on what you're trying to get from the leader that's over you. You know, I mean, for me, like, I've tried to have different types of mentors in my life. Like, there's some mentors that I have that are almost like a marriage mentor. You know what I mean? It's like, we're going to talk about my marriage. You know, sometimes they'll sit down with me and my wife, and we're going to walk away, you know, uh, you know, being, being a better husband, being a better wife. And then, you know, I have somebody else that I talk to that's more of like a leadership coach, like organization, strategy, structure, vision. Like, he's never going to bring up marriage. I know that, and that's okay. So I have certain questions for him, you know, pertain that topic and specific areas of my leadership that I need to grow in and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's awesome, different man. people for different occasions. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Helps a ton, Todd. Thank you. Awesome, man. Well, hey, Todd, we're about uh, at the top of the hour, 11 o'clock almost. So, uh, man, any last thoughts for us as we, we uh, close this thing up? Um, no, nah, man, I just want to encourage you guys, like I, like I was praying, man, you guys are doing better than you think, and, and God's always doing more than you realize. So uh, remember that is true, whether it feels like it or not. And uh, also, like I said at the top, man, just really, really consider and evaluate the people that are above you and the people that are around you. And just keep close watch over that, because I, I really believe it determines uh, where it is we end up in life. So, um, you know, pray for those people, pursue those people. And uh, and God's going to help you. He's going to surround you with exactly what you need to do, exactly what you're called to do. So uh, thank you guys for listening and just taking the time on this. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for jumping in. I mean, I know you've got a lot going on in your life, and so we're just so honored that you would take uh, some time to be with us and, and just pour into our lives. And uh, I, I, I'm praying for each one of you uh, on the call and on the podcast that's listening that uh, God would just bring in those mentors, those spiritual covering into your life that would, um, like Todd said, that would be able to be a little bit further ahead in the game that can take your game, uh, your ministry, game up to the next level and so uh, just a couple of reminders about some of the offers that were uh, talked about on the call we've got church hustle ministry resources giving 50 percent off to all of our listeners that's regularly fifty dollars a month but it'll be twenty five dollars a month if you use the code on their website yprt that's a 50 percent off of the church hustle and uh, the synergy conference here in oklahoma uh, have great speakers like Todd coming out and Jeannie Mayo coming out to speak. Uh, it is a, a 
discount uh, individual price is normally $69 but it'll go down to $49 but that will end this Sunday if you go to their website Oklahoma Youth Ministries and type in the code YP Roundtable, that's all caps, one word, YP Roundtable, you'll get those discounts. Uh, and also, we have the Grow in Love Marriage Conference, and you can get all the information about that on our website, YPRoundtable.com, and they're offering a discounted rate for their conference coming up here uh, next month. Uh, it's $50 for you and um, your husband or spouse uh, or wife, I mean, and uh, you can come for that. If you bring three people, you also get free coaching. If you bring four or five people with you, it's a free hotel stay as well. So thank you, everybody, for being on the call. Uh, Todd, thank you so much for your time and all of the information you share with us. is just life-changing. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you uh, next month in February for our next call. Have a great day, everybody.